Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Well, praise the Lord. We thank you for what you're doing among us here, Lord. We are excited for the goodness of God is in the, in the land of the living, and He promised that. Last week, um, we really, I, I know I fed you with a fire hose. The purpose of that was to take Scripture in the, the prophetic revelation of what Jesus told us, what Peter told us, what Paul told us, to look at the, the kind of a snapshot of where we were in the where we are at this point, remember the sons of Issachar, they knew both the season and they knew what to do in the season. And I know we looked at it. Main thing, I had uh, some feedback that says, there are those, what if my eschatology, my end time thinking is different than what you present? I said, let's just focus on the main thing. There are hills to fight, you know, to die on, there's hills to bleed on, right? The hills to bleed on are ones, well, are you a pre-tribber, a mid-tribber, a post-tribber, or a no-tribber? Um, Let's, the hill to die on is Jesus came first. If you're a believer and you love Him, you'll find eternal life, and He's coming again. Amen? And so, um, once you find out there is a rapture and a pre-trib, you'll, you'll find out that I was right, and, 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 and you'll say, golly, you know, pastor was right. And so, anyway, and I'm just messing with you. There, I've, tri- I've gone all over that thing, right? And so, but my purpose was, if you read the Scriptures we gave you last week, and they're in that handout of week one, one, it ought to scare the hell out of you, number two, right? It really should, literally, literally, and not that you might be walking there, but it, it'll like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he, the reason Jesus told us over and over and over, you count the number of times in Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13 that Jesus said, watch out, be ready, wake up, look, 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 when you start... There's a, he's not stuttering, right? He, he understands. So, the purpose of that is to get us focused. When you start to see these things, know that it's right at the door, right? So, I'm, I won't repeat that, but look at the Scriptures. If you did not go through week one, look at them or go online. Daniel does a really good job of loading that up. And so, the only thing I didn't get through last week that I wanted to, we looked at not only the signs and what the Scriptures said, we, we read a look and looked a lot at those, we also looked at the prophecies over North Carolina. And if you look at your week one handout, we covered what did Derek Prince say, right, in 1975, that is going to be fulfilled. We know what he says in Amos, right? He doesn't do anything that he doesn't first tell the prophets. And when you start to see consistency, and when I share with you the prophetic words over this body, and when you start to see them over years start to hit, multiple, multiple prophets who don't have any connection with the other come in and say, you can know that this is going to happen. You can bank on it, right? And so, we see the Eastern North Carolina prophecies from 1975, that that's why we get really excited about tent ministries and revival, we're starting to see that, and right? And then when Dr. Woodhouse comes in and confirms that in a couple of months after that, then the prophetic word from the, over by Chuck Pierce over the Carolinas and that prophecy. And then Papa Jack Taylor, who's in heaven now, he came here with Leif Hetland, my brother, and they talked about, I smelled, I've smelled this rain before. I've been in this before. And he knew from his Revival that broke out in his Baptist church years before, 
grew to 10,000, and he started going around the world preaching the gospel about the Holy Spirit's presence. And so, he says, I've been here. And he came and he prophesied over us just last year. And then he went to be with the Lord this year. And then we look back on the years that we've spent. So, that, that's a summary of last week. And then the only thing I didn't really get to is, what are some of the prophetic words? And literally, these are, these are years. I went back just to 2014 um, to pull out some of those. Some of those that are there, Abner Suarez, Georgian Banoff, Heidi Baker, Bob Hazlitt, Jeff and Joanna Struss, Leif Hetland, Jack Taylor. So, I've kind of looked, we start to find the consistencies, and you can almost uh, guarantee that this weekend you will hear some prophetic words and listen for the consistency to start to see. I'm just going to summarize some of these for you um, because there's pages and pages it would take all night to go through them. Bob Hazlitt came. He's a prophetic guy out of Global Awakening. He's been with Bethel as well. And it was in September. It was actually the Jesus tent that we were doing downtown. He came to that ministry. Then he also came to the church. So this is a prophetic word over Global River from 2014. Something is about to take place both in the natural and the supernatural that's being released. I see multiple services. The Lord says something about the nations and the cultures are growing out of this church. Now, he doesn't know. He, he, this is wild. The night he flew in here, he goes, didn't know we had a, we were, he didn't know where he was at. <laughs> he flew into Wilmington. He goes, you have a college here or you have a beat? What is this place? I've never been here. Don't know anything about it. And, and uh, I like that when he comes in and doesn't know anything. He spoke of the multiplication that would take place. This is a quote. God says, you can have your cake and eat it too. The Lord sees him connecting. I see connecting of voices. What's this about the Spanish languages coming together in worship? We have bilingual worship. It, it, it came, and it, so when you start seeing that, right, there's going to be a shift in a multicultural worship coming in this area. And then he, there was some prophetic personal things. I see healing homes. Shortly after that, Pastor Terry was asked to, this is seven plus years ago, the halfway house opened, and there are people sitting here today that are now products of the healing that came out of that that are even married in our home here, right? And so... God, again, fulfilled that. He's declaring the nursery needs to get ready. Multiple services. I see this coming about. The dry bones are going to start to rise. I see 24-7 worship. Now, there was the burn that came out of, right? The Andersons, we, we also, Neil was part of that. We were part of the burn that took place over on Kerr Avenue. Then out of that came the burn that rotated around. Many of our worship leaders were part of that. We're about ready to do 24-7 burn. He says, there's something about 24-7 worship that will happen. He says, I also see fire. What is this? Fire on the beach. What is all that? And then Mike Thornton came and wrote the book, Fire in the Carolinas. And so, again, just prophetic words. And then lots of prophetic stuff around different parts of the ministry. He went on to say that I see church plants being birthed. Well, we've just planted the 107th church in Nepal, Right? We have, our, we have our church in Costa Rica. We have our church in uh, Mozambique. That, the Mozambique was a move that planted after this. So, we start to see what God is doing here as well. Then Abner Suarez came and he said, there's going to be a tremendous growth of expansion in the realm of the Spirit. You're about to see your borders of the house expand in such a way that I see the prophetic record that's being kept. You'll be building There'll be an intentionality of it. I see keys 
We heard plenty of words on keys being handed out for us to open certain doors. There will be nations. There'll be a battle against abortion. Boy, is that, we're going to name in on that, right? Those who have stood on the wall there in front of the Planned Parenthood. Um, there'll be um, connections with the university. We still want to see more of that. So there, there's a prophetic word there. 24 hours of worship, the burn will be released. That was a confirmation again. This will be a great sending place. There will be people sent out to other nations. Well, that's always been. There's a global river tribe here. Bob Hasley confirmed that. There's a tribe. There's an apostolic grace. There's a strategic apostolic teams that will be raised up to do deliverance, prayer, and intercession with a great capacity. Boy, if that hasn't been fulfilled, amen, and more to go. Contending for unprecedented signs and wonders, pressing in for the, for the un believable moves of God. Then Heidi Baker prophesied on August 29th, we were in the worship center, and she came over and she said, you're in a time of great transition. Boy, she didn't know what, woohoo, that was a great transition. So she said, some babies take 20 years to birth, but God said, you can be trusted, strength, 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 persevere, 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 God will bless it. So then, then uh, Jeff and Joanna Struss came. He's a pastor out of, he, he took his first mission trip with us into the Himalayas in Nepal, was blown away with us, came here, preached several times, and he said, I want you to stay in the current, stay in the current, the river, press in for what's coming. Apostolic center, there'll be shepherding of, among you here. There'll be an increase to the apostolic call to the nations. Ephesians 2.19, you'll no longer be strangers and foreigners. Citizens will come from other nations, and they'll find their home here. I think we have 11 nations in our Spanish church right now. And so, he then goes on, he says, you served in other apostles, but now you'll be raised up as an apostolic center. Look for other nations, other states where you will be ministering. Then he goes on and says, Joanna said, there's a favor for corporate connection as well. A second door will open, and a new wineskin will come into the house. Randy Clark said, there's a double portion coming. Get ready for the double portion. Then the prophetic pastor from uh, Morningstar, this was recent. This was actually March 12th. We were doing a God night, and uh, it was while Travis uh, came in, Pastor Travis came in, and, and Jonathan Blanchard was here, and they just started prophesying over the house. He said, this is Pastor Travis. He said, I see a cuckoo clock, and it pops out at 11.11. He had no idea where we've been with 11.11, uh, and there's a whole story behind that. And so, uh, God is doing something that you're building. He says, I see this framing on the house. There's something that's going, that uh, something is happening in your body here. And so, the former will be greater than the latter. And then Jonathan Blanchard got up and said, this is a well. It's a special place. I said, Amen. And then Isaiah, they prophesied Isaiah 11, 11, on that day the Lord stretch out your hand. And you see the, the second thing about the remnant, and it's like, there's a whole thing of prophetic revelation on, on 11, 11 and what we saw coming out of that. So, those are just some of the highlights of the, there's more, but I just, uh, I want to highlight because I got only a few minutes, 40 minutes to do this, the rest of this, praise the living God. And so, I want you to see that prophetically, we embrace the prophetic, we also know that the Lord is uh, sharing with us what will happen, but it's going to be required uh, for all of us to get in 
to get in the midst of the, of the movement. Don't miss the move. Amen? Don't miss the move. All right. Praise God. Let's turn to, to week two. Core values of a Spirit-led life. I'm going to, um, again, I'm going to give you more information in the handout than I'll cover openly here, but I really would like you. First of all, somebody tell me, what is our mission statement? That's, that's Psalm 2. That's one of the things we seek for, but we are a body who loves God, loves people, and walks in the Spirit, right? You ought to memorize that one. What is your body? First of all, it's the two greatest commandments. You better love God and love your neighbor as yourself, right? He tells us that in Matthew, the, when they tried to trip us, they asked Jesus, what's the two greatest commandments? He says, all of it hangs on that. So we want to be a body who loves God, learning how to love God, learning how to really embrace and love God, but then love your neighbor as yourself. If you can't love yourself, you're going to really have trouble loving your neighbor, right? That's why we do inner healing, you know, all the broken stuff that happens in our lives. So, but then walking in the Spirit. This is the difference between uh, this body. We are an evangelical, charismatic group. We are after the Holy Spirit. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit tells us things. Jesus said that. I read to you John 14 and John 16 last week, right? Then I read Sunday, John 17. We believe that that Holy Spirit is the impartation. I mean, the last, either last night or the second to last night, we're going to have a baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask for a, ref, a refire prior to the tent. We're going to work towards that. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to read up on some chapters in the book of Acts. We are an Acts church. Acts did not end, right? And so I, I won't retrace it now, but I'll just, you should look at Acts chapter 1. Verse 4 says, Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends what He promised, right? And then He says in Acts 1.8, verse 8, He says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. You cannot dismiss the power of God. You can't do this life without the power of God. I've tried. You cannot do it. And that's why the, the churches, I'm not being critical, but if you don't preach the Holy Spirit, you are denying the people the power that they need to be able to walk this life out. You cannot do life in the flesh against the demonic realms and what's coming. You've got to have the power of God. That's why Jesus still hung around for 40 days. And he said, until you receive the power, then you'll become my witnesses. So if you've not been empowered by the Holy Spirit, then look at Luke chapter 11. It says, he goes on and teaches them about prayer, and he says, if an evil father can give good gifts, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You've got to get before the Father, and in that intimate place, Father, baptize, baptize me with the holy fire and power. I need the third person of the tree. He's not an it. He's, not, he's a spirit of God. He is, he is God in this carnate place here, right? He's empowering, and unless you've got that, we miss it. Acts chapter 8 will tell you, give you a tremendous insight to that. Those who believed had not yet had the Holy Spirit fall on them. Go look at the Greek and look at it. You will see that if you don't have, this is Philip telling the Gentiles in Samaria, 
They, he baptized them in water. He gave them the word. He cast out demons. He did all that by the power of the Holy Ghost that was in him. Because we know from Acts chapter 6 that Paul, was, Paul says, let's lift up these things, separate them. And it tells them that these were the men that were separated out. They were the, holy, the house of mercy, six, right? Stephen was one of them. Philip was one of them. And then during the great time of tribulation, he, they move out. He goes to Samaria. Philip goes to Samaria, and in the midst of that, the, he is then preaching the good news and the gospel. When John and Peter hear that, what, the half-breed Gentiles have got the Holy Ghost? No, no, no. So they go there. And the first thing they find is, is that the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on the believers. Very different. Those who denominationally who do not believe, they, they believe we're in this place of the gifts are not for today, they're wrong. I'm telling you plainly, they are wrong. Look at the Scriptures. Look at it for yourself. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius, Acts chapter 19 where Paul goes to Ephesus. You cannot miss this point. I tried, so I'm on a different track. But I'm just telling you, we got to have the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a time where that's going to be an impartation, and there are many impartations. It's not like, yeah, I got touched about nine years ago, Pastor, I'm good. I'm telling you what, it better be a daily walk through this, but asking the Holy Spirit, because it's getting bad out there, right? Okay, so I want us to look, once we understand our mission, which is love God, love people, and walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5, so you will not walk in the flesh, because if you walk in the flesh, it will produce all of these ugly things. Go look at it, in Galatians chapter 5. But then it says, okay, great, Pastor, that's really a nice slogan, so now that I've got the baptism, how do, I, how do we walk this out at the ground level? What are the pieces where the army of God goes about its business of saving those who are lost? Well, we break it down into five places. The reason we place such a high level of focus on worship is because that's why you were created. You were created to worship. Let's make the main thing the main thing. You were created to worship the king. He is holy. He, if you got... Right? So the first thing, if you start looking at the bullets on the second page there, we how do we do this? What are the five kind of elements or the pieces of the pie here at Global River? How do we set our resources? Where do we set our focus? How does this approach? How do we evangelize this region? Why do we go to the nations? What is this all about? Why do you put your tithes and offerings here, right? One, we exalt the presence of God. We have to be a worshiping set. And we look at it and we want all expressions of worship. From the little kids that are running around here whacking people with flags, right? Running up and down. <laughs> Somebody the other day said, yeah, Pastor, when we first came, it was like, woohoo, these kids are flying by and donuts were flying. Well, that's why we have no food and no coffee and nothing in here anymore so the donuts don't get in here, right? The flags, I told people, if you get whacked by one of the flags, you get a greater anointing. And I've had them fly by my head and like, whoa, God. Worship in all of its expressions, not crazy and not wild, but sometimes it is. Yeah. And you know, if he likes it, then we like it. Because it's, guess what? I got another clue for us. Worship is not for you. Music's too loud. It's too soft. It's too long. It's too, you know. Hey, we, we're just trying to do our best. Praise God. But we're going to exalt His presence in worship. And, well, Pastor, maybe you could, uh, I, I don't know why some, I'm being critical a little bit now, but maybe I'll just, you pray on it. Why do some people come to church 30 minutes late? Well, worship's too long. And, uh, wow, 
Hello. Did you come to worship God or to be entertained? I don't know. I'm just messing with you. But we're going to high presence of worship in the temple. Secondly, we have to be a family. I love the, the college. In, um, one of our, Amy Vinsek did her, one of her papers on, let me go study this place, right? What are the values? Is it just on paper? Or what's the culture of this place? I love the fact that she reemphasized these, these items. And one was family. We need to be a family. And family's got challenges. Family has chaos and hurts and wounds, and none of us are finished elements yet. So, but there needs to be family fellowship. So gathering together in fellowship. That's why I want to encourage you. Find your place. Whether it's men's ministry, women's ministry, outreach, house of mercy, find your place and, and minister. Be part of the family because when family comes together and they minister in the midst of family, wow. Wow. When you start to bless people as a, as a microcosm of an outreach ministry, whether it's House of Mercy, the 16 or 17 volunteers that will show up tomorrow beginning early in the morning or those who work all week, Bill and, and uh, Chris who pick up the stuff and go to all these places, you people that are picking up all these and then bring it here and then break it all down and, and minister to 60 to 80 families. When that when they're they're out there, they're sweating. It's hot. The, the the prayer team's out on the road, prayer and praying for people. Something happens in the midst of ministry in the family together. There's sweat equity in it, but I'm telling you, you will walk out. Who hell is a rough day? It's awesome because every once in a while there's a break in. Somebody gets saved. Somebody gets healed. Somebody starts crying, doing a deliverance in the car. Right, Miss Addie? Right, Mom? <laughs> They drive up and, oh, I need help. And, you know, all of a sudden, wow, Jesus breaks in. Training, we need, what are we doing tonight? We need to be an equipping center. We need to be a people that are being taught. And there's none of us that arrive. I love what you said, Jody. None of us have arrived. We're all learning. This is this process. His endless, right? What does he tell us in Ephesians? The unfathomable riches of God. The endless treasures of God. The secrets of God. They're endless. In fact, it says you'll take all eternity trying to figure it out, and you won't be able to get to the bottom. That's why it's so exciting. You'll read one scripture one time and read it the next week. It's like, oh, what's that? Yeah, it's just another part of the diamond that got twisted, and wow. We need to be a hospital. Why do we minister to House of Mercy? Why do we do inner healing? Why do we do prayer ministry? Because why, why do we do the ministries to help? Because there are people that are broken. Why do we have a halfway house? Why are we pushing for uh, trying to understand how we help out in sex trafficking? What is it? Why? Because there's people that are broken. Some of us were there, and we want to be a hospital, but then we want to be an army. The devil need, needs to know who you are. It would be great if you woke up and said, uh-oh, they're awake. Global River's up. Come on. There's something about knowing who you are. And there's enough people that have been with us in some pretty dark places that they know who they are in Christ. They know that it's not about us. It's about Him and the authority He delegated to us that when you see something broken that is there and the Lord tells you, you go after it. It's the name of Jesus, right, Miss Addie? She gave us a whole sermonette this morning. It's a name. It's a name. It's the name of Jesus. She used the example of the ones that were not with the disciples who were doing using Jesus' name. And should we tell them to stop because they're not with our little group? 
No, they're using the name, right? It's not about your exclusivity. There's a whole body part here working together in the kingdom. All right. Therefore, if you look at it, I won't go through the rest of this, but you can see the, the part. And I'll just call out number four there. I got a, um, accused one time. I put this down. I said, we need to pastor a city, not just a church. Someone thought I wanted to be the city pastor. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, that's prideful. I said, wow, that's not Okay. What I'm saying is we have people that are in First Fruits ministry. They're out on the street. They're helping here. Just did the, the we, we contributed and had teams over. My wife was there. Tony was there. Others were there doing the uh, back-to-school book bags, helping and assisting, juvenile detention center, the, the, uh, the radio station. Our team is like, I have often people say, you guys are everywhere. I said, good. This is, this is not like our flag, and that's it. No, it's, it's the kingdom. And so, we want to we we pastor a city. So, that's why wherever you are, wherever you are, you are part of the kingdom. That's why at Curie Beach last week, it was, you heard the testimony Sunday, right? We're, we're rapping, we're sharing the testimony of John Corey's testimony, and two people get impacted just by hearing that. They come, so, man, why are you baptizing in the ocean? Because it's a great place to go out and, and worship in the midst of it. So, all right. So, that's, that's our focus. The next page, I'm not going to cover it, but this, what I found is every week there are new people coming in, and it's awesome, and, but we're coming from all different places, backgrounds, right? Denominational, no denomination, no church. It's like, just got saved, or maybe you got hurt in church. We need to figure out, okay, wait, what does this say? If it's in here, then we need to preach it, teach it, share it, live it. And so, what do we believe? The next part is our foundations. It's number five there. What are the foundations of our belief? And you'll find they're the traditional church, right? And so, number six, the Apostles' Creed. I found out when I was coming up, we would regularly talk the Apostles' Creed. We would, and many pray the Lord's Prayer, but some don't know it today. What's the Apostles' Creed? Hold on, because there's people on live streaming. Mentioned we're an apostolic church. Well, in the in the uh, Apostles' Creed, the re original Nicene Creed, they put, and I've researched it. I some theologians said that was there, and they go look. It sure was. It says, get down there and look. We believe in the Holy Spirit and the universal church, but in the original, it says the universal church, the apostolic church. It's yeah. in the original documents, yep. and they leave it out. It's like they leave out yep. Holy Spirit, and put yeah. a little S or something. You know? Amen. The, <coughs> the apostolic church, the apostolos, is the uh, creating that environment of heaven here on earth. We'll research it a little bit more, but we are a five-fold ministry church out of Ephesians 4.11, right? It says the church, most churches are pastoral-led, that's the kind of where we are. It's a whole different teaching. But if you read Ephesians 4, it says that Jesus created these gifts, pastor, teacher, apostle, evangelist, um, prophet. There you go, right? Bishop, prophet. Can't forget the prophet. And so the fivefold ministry, go read it. It says those who are cessationists or those who believe that those that stop with the, with the death of the disciples, they're wrong because it's go read the rest of it. 
got to get that. It says, they are to equip the saints for the work of ministry until we come to the fullness of Christ. Would you tell me where the fullness of Christ is right now? I'd like to go to that church. And so, the, the, so we, we see that in the, in the fivefold ministry, in pursuit of the fivefold ministry. Once it's all in place, you have the gift of the prophet. You have the gift of the evangelist, the pastor, the apostolic leader, the visionary. Those are the things that are, have to be there. And, of course, so the Lord's Prayer, I hope everyone knows that. But I then d- dig into page 7, more of what do we believe. Example, eternally existing God. Three persons, the Trinity, the virgin birth, the Holy Spirit, number C there on, on the C. The Holy Spirit is sent as a gift to believers from the Father. The Holy Spirit empowers the believers, D. E, the Scriptures are the Word of God. They instruct us, right? So I want us to be grounded in when they say, well, what does your church believe? Those are foundational principles that you should be able to, yes, we believe in a triune God. Can you tell me where? Well, why don't you go look at Luke 3 where it says, when Jesus came to be water baptized, it says the Father spoke and the Holy Spirit came. There's three persons in one. That's just one example. Because there are many um, false doctrinal things that are happening. Okay, what does a Spirit-filled church look like? Look at page, what are we on here, nine? Is that not, yeah, uh, eight, I guess that's eight. The Spirit-filled church, what is the global river? Another way of looking at it is, what are your core values? What do you consider to be core principles by which you operate in? Those are boundaries that you set, right? Um, Well, an example of that would be don't lie, don't cheat, don't covet. Those are commandments, right? Well, so what are the core values? You say, we belong to a Spirit-filled church. Well, what are those core values? How do you operate? How does... How, when you come together as a family, what's, what's the boundaries of that, right? So I've tried to capture these in some verbiage, and there's a lot of verbiage here. But um, first we believe, number one there, is God who wants to speak to us more than we want to listen. After all, the person named the Word of God probably has something to say, I would think, right? So we believe that God can talk. That's why I love what, what uh, Uncle Frank shared Sunday, Right? Uncle Frank says, he was asking uh, um, Brenton, you hear God, huh? I, I, don't, I haven't heard God. And then he's awakened, right? Matthew 28. What the heck is that? Looks it up. Baptism, go into all the world and preach the gospel and be baptized. Brenton, what does that mean? I just got awakened at Matthew 28. He goes, do you know they're doing a water baptism tomorrow night? No. Yeah, I'm going. And he Changes his whole day. You know, he's going to go to the races and comes and gets baptized. And I, so we believe that the Word of God is, God wants to speak to us. He wants to share things, his secrets with us, right? And so all things work in favor when we serve God. That's Matthew, that's uh, Romans eight twenty eight. No matter how bad and ugly it looks, God can, he's got all the wild cards in the hand you've been dealt. You're going to win, right? God loves us before we loved him. Fear is not part of God's love. Therefore, it shouldn't be part of our supernatural ministry. Boy, I hammered that Sunday. There's a, the world talks about peace differently. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And so when the world is in chaos going off a cliff, we don't have to be afraid. We can find peace. We can sleep in the storm just like Jesus did, right? And then awaken and impact the environment. So fear is not part of it. God has plans for welfare and blessing. 
It's kind of like he's a dad, right? <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, oh, the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for harm, that when you search for me and seek for me your whole heart and turn from your wicked ways, I will restore your fortunes, set you free, right? So we know that God has a plan for us. We sang it tonight, He's holy. He is holy. And so, therefore, we need to foster a culture where we, we don't just preach this, we actually hold the line. If somebody's sleeping with their girlfriend or boyfriend, that's not, you can come in and understand that's not acceptable. I've had people go, what's wrong with that? I said, well, it's not in the book. It's called fornication. And, uh, and so, well, man, but everybody's doing it. You're, okay. We're not going to, this is not ChristianMingle.com and come and get a hookup in here. And I've actually run people off. I'm serious. This is, I'm, being, I'm being, as a core value, it's okay to come to church and obviously males and females, hey, find a godly mate. Praise God. Right, Doug? Hey, praise the Lord. But uh, look, when, when I find somebody that's sleeping around with multiple people, guess what? You, we're going to correct you on that. And if not, there's the door. You have a choice because this is a place where we want to come together in holiness. We have people's lives at stake. The demons are trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And you've got to walk in holiness because holiness is a weapon. So we will not wink at your sin just like he said in 1 Corinthians. Remember he said the guy's living with his mother-in-law? He says even the pagans don't do that. What's wrong with you people? Put the guy out of your church. Put him out of the church. Then you see in the next few chapters he comes back, he says, the guy suffered enough. Now you need to forgive him. Bring him in so that the devil doesn't destroy him. So we have to be wise, and we don't have to be religiously mean and controlling. But we preach the gospel when, when the homosexuals come in. Look, we love, the sin is sin, okay? We're not going to dumb down sin because the world says it's okay or the, the Supreme Court says it's okay. The Bible says it's not okay. So therefore, we love you. We'd love you to come in and, and find freedom, but we're not going to preach you a dumbed-down gospel because if, when you stand before the Lord, you will give an account for that, and so will I. So, we, I'm not trying to be harsh, but we're saying, look, the holiness must apply. It has to apply with all of us. And so, that's a core value. It can't be just like, well, I have had people say, well, you, you, you know, what about being kind and loving? And, and uh, we are. We, we want to be, right? One of the kindest, loving things you can do is tell somebody the truth. Amen. Why didn't you tell me the truth? When they stand before God, why didn't you tell me the truth? Okay. I know I'm on my rant here, but, but I just want us to get it. Look, it's not about one sin or another. Sin is sin. If you're lying or cheating on your taxes, you're in as much trouble as anybody else who's out there messing around. I had somebody tell me today, a contractor come in, he goes, people don't want to work today. I can't find anybody who works and wants to work today. And when they come to work with me, they want me to pay them under the table cash so they don't have to pay their taxes. That's lawless thievery. That's, that's not the way it should be. As a core value, we're, we're a lawful God. If, unless the laws of the land are contrary to this, we apply. Give Caesar what's rightly Caesar's. Even Jesus went, had Peter go fishing, right? Okay. Overcoming the power of anything that's against us. We believe we can stand united, and we do that. Next page, ten, no, 9. The devil is evil, and he's behind all, I tell you regularly, my simple, right? Devil's bad, God is good. Don't get it all complicated, right? When there's something bad going down, you need to ask the Lord, let's do an inventory check on this because James 1, 5 says, if I lack wisdom, I can ask God. So, God, why is this happening? 
Oh, well, I'm, I brought you to the woodshed because you're not listening. Oh, okay, then let me get out of the woodshed and get over here. But if it's not me and it's something going on in the earth, then I have a right to stand against it, right? And so that's where we say, look, we have a right to stand in authority. Example, when they came out in California and said, no worship's allowed in any churches, we said, oh, yeah, go lock us up because we're not following that. That word says praise God. He inhabits the praise. And, of course, the Supreme Court said, yeah, you can't do that. So praise the Lord. All right, as an example. We're born to rule through the power of the kingdom and the love of God. We are God's friends, and He tells us secrets. Love that. Signs and wonders follow the believers. I've shared with this regularly that when I was one year into being a minister, a pastor here as an associate, I read Mark 16. These will be the signs of those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll handle deadly things without harm. And they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And I said, Lord, that didn't happen in my life. What do I need to do about that? Randy Clark comes in and says, come with me, signs and wonders and power. We're going to Brazil. And I'm like, I'm going. And many of you have, we've made, what, 11 some odd trips? Terry, how many trips you made into Brazil? 17? No, say, okay, praise. Anyway, praise. And yeah, that's another story. Uh, God, I asked him to show me his power. Watch out what you pray for. Right, you'll, you'll, he will. Okay, no, so we have inherited divine nature and grow in the fruit of the Spirit. We desire to say, okay, turn the page. What are some of the core values of ministry? When you go on a mission trip with us or you're part of the ministry team, and by the way, you are all part of the ministry team. There are some of you who have been trained and released to stand up front as trained ministry team members, and then there's another level of those who are trained to do inner healing or deliverance ministry. And so, but all of you are ministers, right? You are all priests. First Peter 2, you're a royal priesthood. You're a, you're a nation of priests, right? Revelation 1 says you're kings and priests. So the New Testament believer is a priestly call. So therefore, these values are something. Um, my Bible says that Jesus had a towel and he washed feet. So one of the core values of the ministry team is you're not here to be ministered to, you're here to minister to Him. Paul says he's a slave of Jesus Christ. So we got to get out of this thing. This people, well, I pay this amount of money and this tithe, and therefore you ought to make the, the, woman's, the woman's bathroom this color. Say, what? Church splits over the color of the woman's bathroom. Not here, praise God, but I've been in churches. We haven't gotten, we've had other challenges. There's something about this attitude that says, I get to say what I want as far as worship. And you can have input and you can have desire, but why don't you get on the worship team or why don't you clean the bathroom? Why don't you serve and find out where God's called you, right? This idea of we can sit in the pew and that's not, that's not a core value of the kingdom. And so, I remember when we first took on our Cambodian refugees that came in, and they lived with us. They needed a job, and we had to sponsor them through World Vision. And so, for the first, I don't know how, first year and a half, we cleaned bathrooms. They did, in Cambodia, in the jungle, they didn't, ha they didn't have bathrooms. And so, now they're the janitors of our church. And so, my wife and I would, well, this is how you run a vacuum. This is how a toilet bowl, this is how you flush the toilet. And so, for the first year or so, we were the janitors of the church walking alongside. I learned a lot in that process. 
I'm a GE executive, and I'm, what do you do at the church? I clean bathrooms. <laughs> I, it's awesome. I'm telling you what. I love, I think it was, Neil was telling me that one of our guys, Jimmy Benson, who's in heaven now, right? He, I would love with that man. He, he was a senior elder for many years at, ch at the, the chapel, and he said, what did he tell you? He said, just give me the job nobody else wants. And he would do it, cleaning the toilets, cleaning out the porta potties, and come on. And that man would say, I said, Jimmy, how's it going? He goes, man, and how's it going on the missions? Well, he's doing the best he can with what he's got to work with. I love that man. It was just this attitude of this senior elder who said, there's no job that I won't take because of the kingdom. If we could get people with that kind of a heart, watch the kingdom change, right? Okay, so hallelujah. Okay. So we're here to serve. Jesus had a towel, so find out where your towel is, and let's do that. Um, when you're ministering, I, I've warned us, we're going to look at some more, but when revival hits, you're going to be inconvenienced. You're going to be tired. You might even be cranky, but you'll have the fruit of the Spirit, so that won't happen, right? And so, but you, you're, you're going to be inconvenienced. You're going to have to, you're going to have to do things because when they start coming in and they're not church broke, they come in here and they're like, one, We've been in places where they steal your purse, they take your stuff, and um, relax. They're just pre-Christians that are working their way in. So my point there is relax. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. God's going to work it out. The team attitude is a heart of worship, and a leader has a right to bench you. When you get an attitude, are you going to divide the team? Guess what? My Bible says people who bring division, give them one warning, give them a second, and then show them the door right? And so, not that leadership is perfect. We're not. It's, we're absolutely not. But there's one leader, and of course, you heard the three M's if you were here when, uh, a few weeks ago when, when uh, Nico taught on the three M's, and he taught out of Jude, and he taught out of uh, what happened to Korah when the prominent leaders revolted against Moses and their whole families were killed, right? God swallowed them up, right? What was that all about? Wow. So, that's where the fear of the Lord comes in. Character, I, I, I star this one. Character is more important than anointing. Come on, just your character, your integrity, there has to be, you can try, to, to, and there are people that will operate in anointing, but if their lifestyle and their character is flawed, you know, if they're ministering and they're sleeping with, the, with, the, with the, somebody in a, man, you know, just a little bit, they're going to get it. Something is not, God will not tolerate that long term. So, character is really, really important. I had a boss in General Electric early on, and he said, he got us all together, all the managers. He said this, if you lie, cheat, or steal, I will fire your, some colorful language. And uh, that stuck with me. He said, look, we're going to be a group of uh, integrous managers. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to win contracts because we do it right with excellence. He was an amazing guy. I met him on a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting years later where people were falling out in the spirit in the Catholic church. And I said, his name was Al Kakeritz, one of my mentors. I said, Al, you're here? He goes, you're here? I said, wow, you're going to find people in heaven that you, you made it? <laughs> Praise God, right? That, that's a shock, right? And so we ended up together praying in his office. He was the general manager and just an amazing man of integrity. Character matters. 
It matters. And so you can seek after anointing, and we sometimes we're attracted to the anointing. When someone, I love it what Brenton shares, right? He gets up and he starts rapping, and he, just, and he goes on, he tells you, for 10 years I thought I was a Christian. I'm smoking dope and I'm doing all the bad things. He shares this openly, he says, and then God busted me and says, you know what, son, I need your character. And when he changed, that's why his wife got saved. Brent, you've heard Erica's testimony. And so, Lord, I just thank you. Character matters. Advancing the kingdom has risk. There's a risk in the kingdom. You will present your crowns, and part of it will be the suffering that you went through as a result of what you did in the kingdom. All of us have got the scars. So let's, let's remember there's a risk. If you're looking for a risk adverse, this is not the place. There, there will be risk associated. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, Right? So we thank you, Lord, for that. We desire to see the Lord get all the glory. We talked and hammered this bit. If jealousy and competition, this is what's in the book of Jude. The, the, the spirit of Cain is the jealous brother, and it's a murdering spirit. And it says, wherever jealousy exists, you will find all sorts of evil. That's what it says. And so jealousy, if you, why are they on the platform? Why are they selected him? And why is that woman, a, man, I'm better than, I've been here longer than they, I've got, I got, please, that's probably why you're not there, okay? Again, I'm just being honest, and I've lived this the hard way. <laughs> we will earnestly desire to follow the Holy Spirit and trust His leadership to hear the Lord for direction, strategy, timing of ministry, right? We, I share this often that on Sunday morning, such a beautiful time to come together. The worship team is prepared. Whoever's facilitating, leading, all of y'all have been hearing the Lord. And we come together in this crescendo. And I love to see what He's going to do and how the wind of the Spirit is going to blow. And we just try to follow that. It's, it's not a science. <laughs> it's an art. And it's this Holy Spirit. And so if you get a word and you're hearing, go to the person who's facilitating. Say, Pastor, I'm thinking I'm feeling this. And, right? Sometimes it's just that little thing with, like Jerry shared on Sunday. Praise God. Okay, next page. Global River Church is a kingdom-building church supporting other ministries, other nations. That's our DNA. Flexibility, humility, willing hearts. The highway we ride is love God and love people. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. In the, we ought to have fun, right? This is a great... Get this, you get to pray to see if somebody gets raised from the dead, or you get to see if a blind eye, or, or Frankie's there, and he's, hey, I got a deaf ear. I can't let that slide on. Are you kidding me? The deaf shall hear. So I'm praying, Frankie, Lord, open Frank's ear right now. We prayed for that Sunday, and I saw, he, I was laughing this morning because I'm walking out to meet some new people Sunday morning, and they've already attacked Frank. Come on, give me your ear. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I love that. Come on. All right. Just let the Lord take down all the stuff. We expect to be stretched and tested. We're going to be thankful in the opportunities that God gives us. And then hygiene. If you're working on the ministry team, have nice breath. Take a shower, right? Be sensitive to others. Dress, dress. I'm sorry, I'm not picking on you. <laughs> Some people have been working hard. We, I, man, I had to go home. and We were out there today with the Duke Power Company. And I came in soaking wet. I'm like, oh, boy, I better go home and shower, right? I get it. Sometimes on the mission trip, forget it. Under the tent, it'll be, it'll be all right. So, but we, we expect um, dress morally. Don't become a target or temptation for someone else. If you're on the ministry team, you should dress morally, modestly. 
You know, when people come up and they come to the altar and crack kills, okay? I'm just telling you, right? There's times I'm probably scratch that one, but I'm like, what do I do with this? These, these huggers here, right? And I'm like, Lord, I got it. This is, this is live stream. <laughs> what do I, I'm just, I'm being honest with you. Please, core values is be careful. Be aware of what, okay, be, all right, scratch that. I'm going to get, I know my wife's going to talk to me on that one. <laughs> praise, praise the Lord. All right, I, I, I repent. All right. On the ministry team guidelines, the next page, number 12 there. If you're on the ministry team, wear your badge. Uh, be in prayers. If you're, not, if you're not sure about what you're doing, pair up with someone that is. Don't try to tackle the devil by yourself. Don't go out there by yourself, right? We've, we've hammered this pretty hard, but there's something. There's a reason Jesus sent them out two by two. One can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight, right? So let's... Uh, Let's remember that there is a, 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 a power in the agreement. There's power in agreement. Okay. I won't go in. I won't hammer this in. The next one is on the ministry agreement sheet. When you become part of any of our ministries, children's ministry, house of mercy ministry, outreach ministry, ministry team, worship team, dance team, these are, we have you sign. This is a, I would really like you to look at this one carefully. This talks about lifestyle, seeking the kingdom. It's called the ministry agreement sheet. It's page 13 in your handout. The ministry agreement sheet, we seek the, first of, we seek the kingdom first. We have to be spirit-filled, spirit-led. We honor authority. You need to stay under spiritual cover. There's a protection in spiritual covering. Be filled and prepared. Be on time. Be ready for ministry if you're called to do it. That means prepare your lesson if you're doing that. If you're on a worship team, be part of the team. Don't show up late. Those are all, again, just honoring the team and honoring. Your lifestyle is a biggie. Don't dress up the pig and then come in and expect that you're going to, you know, this thing's going to be, it's going to work out. It's not. If your lifestyle is a mess, the devil will get, he will give, you give him an inch, he will take out more, right? So, Accountability. If you need a partner, get someone. You need someone that you should be accountable to, someone that you can go and share. I'm going to my prayer ministry on Monday with Abner and Pastor Willie. Life happens. If you think you're immune to life, you're not. And so be open. Be humble. That's why humble yourself before God, James 4. Draw close to him. He'll draw close to you. Then you can resist the devil and he'll flee. These are conditions of, of lifestyle, accountability, prayer ministry. We recommend you go to prayer ministry and be part of it. Deal with offense. I shared this on Sunday. If you're offended with somebody in your family, you're offended with somebody in the body of Christ, be careful Matthew, Jesus said this, if you do not forgive, the Father will not forgive you. There's no, there's no condition on that. Jesus modeled it. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Well, you don't know what they did, Pastor. Listen, we've all had stuff done to us that should have never been done. Does not give you the right to hold the offense. Do your best to let it go. You go privately if that's conditionally right, and then deal with it. If they don't want it, then you let it go, and you're done. Dust your feet off and move on. But this has to be in ministry because I guarantee you, you will have iron sharpened iron in this house. Rise to greatness. Wow. 
Praise the Lord. We want to see. And then you'll meet with your ministry leader, and he'll sign. Okay, last couple of pages. These are the ministries that we're involved with nationally. So I listed them there in page 15 and 16. These are our national ministries, Lifeline Pregnancy, Local Christian Radio, House of Mercy, Night to Shine, Back to School Wilmington. Then there were some of the United States ministries. We've got Global Awareness, Global Awakening, Bethel Church. We, we tithe. We believe in the tithe. We tithe upward. We heave right now 18% of our income that's come into the church, which means 10% tithe and 8% has gone to other ministries. We believe in the tithe. doesn't stop when you tithe. If you're not tithing, you should look at the, I will cover this probably next week. I'll give you the biblical basis of tithing and why that's important. It's a, it's a promise that God said He would protect you in the midst of it. And so international ministries, Israel, Nepal, Mozambique, Costa Rica, Colombia, Battelle, these are all ministries that we support. Next page, what are the Global River Church ministries? Well, you can list them in there. And I would encourage you, where is, if you're not serving somewhere in this house, you should. You will grow in it. Find out where your place is. Find, first of all, if this is your body part, right? 1 Corinthians 12 says, I place them in the body that I want them to be in. So I often say, if you're a hand, be a hand. If you're a foot, be a foot. If you're in a foot trying to be a hand, it's going to look ugly. It's not going to work, right? It's not gonna, you're not going to walk right. So find your place and then be in it and serve. And that can, that can, when we were raising our kids, my wife was in children's ministry. Then she went to worship arts ministry. I went to teaching ministries with uh, youth and children. So find your place, and that can change over time. Intercessory ministry, where are you in that process? Hospitality team. I had one person said, I'm really not good with doing diapers or anything like that, so can I help in, in administration? Yes, yeah, sure, there's a place. So I just encourage you to find your place in ministry and then ask the Lord to release it. I guarantee you you'll find. Okay, praise the Lord. How did I do? <laughs> You're awesome to be able to flow through that. I know, I know I'm, I'm hitting you hard. I'm, what I'm trying to do really honestly is we need to be prepared. Who are we? What do we believe? And where are we going? Right? all grounded on the fact that the Lord told us through all of the Scriptures, this is where we are in the season. And I can't be responsible if you're not ready. He will hold me accountable if you're not ready. Ezekiel, he says, if you tell them the truth and they don't follow it, their blood is on them. But if you fail to tell them the truth, their blood is on you. Right? And we take a different test. We are ordained or teachers. He says, woe unto you who teach. You're going to take a different test. So that we take that seriously. So now you've been equipped in part of it. Next week, we're going to pick up and we're going to cover the biblical challenges in our culture, and we're going to hit it head on. Wow. Homosexuality, ungodly marriage, what's happening in this world, pharmagia. What's, we're going to hit it on. We're going to do it biblically, but I'm going to give you some handouts that we're going to look at. So when, when someone says, well, why does your church preach that? I love how Billy Graham would answer that. The Bible says. When they try to pin you down, what, what do you say about the Bible says? Right? Stand be, that's a good play. He'll defend his word. And so you don't have to get into this lengthy debate of like, well, this, uh, no, no, no. We, the, Bible, the Bible says this. 
but it has to be seated, not in religious religious overtones. It has to be routed in love. It needs to be ground. Remember what he told us in 1 Corinthians 13? I don't care if you have the tongues of angels or you give, even give your body to be burned. If you have not love, it is useless. And that's, that's hard when you're in debates and people want to hurt you and harm you. And so I want to pray right now before we close. Let's stand. I want to pray for Afghanistan. I want to pray for the, uh, the people that are there and what's going on, all the struggles that are happening in the earth right now. There are people being martyred for their faith. So, Lord, I just come before you we, as a group of believers. First of all, thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege. We can share openly Scripture here, even online, and not worry about someone coming in and wanting to take our heads off. So I thank you for the privilege of that, Lord. May that never be taken away. May that constitutional freedom be a hallmark of this nation. And God, wherever that's trying to be pulled down, wherever there's censoring going on, wherever there is demonic realms that are trying to shut down the Word of God, you expose it, Lord. You tear down all the elements of the demonic realms that are influenced. We need statesmen and stateswomen that are willing to stand up and be counted, that are not in the pocket of some super tech or farmer or wherever. God, we ask you to raise up righteous men and women who have a voice for God who says, not on my watch, this is not going to happen. And I don't care what you do to me, I'm not surrendering this. There's something worse than dying. The failure to be integrous before the Lord is worse than he's told you. Don't you fear those who can kill the body. Fear the one who can put your soul and your body in hell. Fear that one. That's the one audience that we stand before. And one day we'll give an account. God, may we be powerful and willing and loving enough to stand for the truth. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. So, Lord, I pray right now that you'd empower your people. Lord, as we prepare, thank you for this weekend, God. I pray that you would release a power over, the, over this weekend. There'll be divine appointments. People will come in. People will come in from the road. They'll be just set free. Prophetic words will fly. Healings will happen. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence. And we lift up all of our servicemen and women, those in Afghanistan, those who are trying to get out. God, I pray for you to transform the Taliban and ISIS-K and all those that are there. God, I just pray for... We've heard of your releasing the Spirit of God in the midst of all that chaos. Transform those who are power structures, God, that have the ability to change these things. And, Lord, get our people out. In the name of Jesus, safely. Thank you. God bless you all. We'll see you.